0: Stanford University. We went into the studio we worked, but uh, this thing has been um, in my mind for a while, uh, and it comes out of several language prompts, which is not to say that it is based on the language, except that that there's some sort of impulse to move that came from three places, and some of them are from very old, so it's taken me a while to get to this, but uh, in, uh, from some, something written in 1979, actually, and then revisited just this last year. So I'm going to read these three things, um, and two of them are from 1979, the first and third, and the, the, the middle one is a more recent thing that I found a couple of years ago. So this, the, the poem is called The Kitchen Question. And it goes like this. Me, nosing where shoulder meets neck, you wielding celery and a knife. How are you doing? I'm okay. I am how I am, lately a practical woman, debating the virtue of impatience, scouring mind, slicing domestic fictions, and mushroom docility, and anger bent backwards into a weary affection, setting the house straight, daily chore, Healing layered denial, to be ready when I'm ready for the ordinary scale of my household passions, task playing, arm's reach. So that's the first. And then this uh, next, more recent uh, writing from Wendell Barrett. Because the condition of marriage is worldly and its meaning communal, no one party to it can be solely in charge. What you alone think it ought to be, it is not going to be. Where you alone think you want it to go, it is not going to go. It is going where the two of you, and marriage, time, life, history, and the world will take it. You do not know the road, you have committed your life to a way. Forms join us to time, to the consequences and fruitions of our own passing the Zen student, the poet, the husband, the wife, none knows with certainty what he or she is staying for, but all know the likelihood that they will be staying a while to find out what they are staying for. And it is the faith of all of these disciplines that they will not stay to find out that they should not stay. That faith has nothing to do with what is usually called optimism. As the traditional marriage ceremony insists, not everything that we stay to find out will make us happy. The faith, rather, is that by staying, and only by staying, we will learn something of the truth, that the truth is good to know, and that it is always both different and larger than we thought. So that's Wendy Berry. And then the third thing, when two people dance well together, it means only one thing. They dance well together, Landers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And the first and the third were uh, in time. You know, two things that interested me uh, in
0: 1979. So, um, it's been hatched for a while and um, the process of doing this was to find, I think, some way to, um, you know, take these things and not be quite, so, not literal about them, but to have some impulse or platform for investigation. Uh, and when I started this project with Catherine and Sebastian, I saw them uh, in a workshop last year that I believe Ann Carlson was teaching. Is it Ann Carlson or mm-hmm. Meredith? Monk? Meredith Monk. And I thought, well, all right, I'd never seen Sebastian before. And he and Catherine were in the same group together. i like, this is interesting. This is really interesting. Um, they both look like adults mm-hmm. dancing. This is good. So uh, that's, that was, you know, I thought, oh well, these are the people who are going to be, you know, capable of going to this sort of strange place. And when I talked to them, I said, I, this is, I can't guarantee you anything. I'm interested in what I call tuber dancing, which is rooting around on the floor, and uh, it's, uh, it may come, nothing may come of it. it Maybe be very strange. Uh, you want to go for the ride? Can we do that? And so we started making fragments of things, and the, state, the way in which we did this, uh, going through some of this language, was just to say, well, try this, try that, um, and also soliciting from them, from their play with each other, physical play, uh, shaping. And it remained this pile of fragments for quite a long time um, before we came on some sort of sequencing. What else to say? Um, I'm very interested in, uh, I don't think, for myself personally, I love to see when people make these extraordinary, you know, gorgeous dances. But for my own fluency, and the thing that interests me, it seems like, is something between, um, I don't even call it dancing rhetoric, I would call it behavior, so, or activities. So that seems like a bigger basket to carry things in. Uh, I like that, you know, I like that somebody can do an attitude turn, or can hang upside down, or all of this stuff that's very technical, but I also value and really want to have um, some some kind of some kind of attention to what I would call domestically in detail, you know, something that's in that range, that is microscopic and small, as opposed to telescopic and large. And
2: I like playing in and out of that. So that's that's, that's it. So I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. what we should do is just hear for a moment from the two dancers your your experience, your sense of its gross, uh where you felt you were moving, and uh, and then let's open this up to a larger discussion. <laughs> um,
3: we've been working on this piece for. Since January. Since January. And I, I want to thank that and Catherine because I've had a good time doing it. And it's been good to do it uh, while I'm here. And. What I was interested in is. That some people have a very strong emotional reaction to the piece, um, <clears throat> which we don't. <laughs> uh, but what is interesting is the way how the piece structures itself in a way that what becomes physical um, tiredness and physical challenge is read as emotional tiredness and emotional challenge. Um, I find that very interesting that the piece accomplishes that in a way. So yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah,
0: you know, I think this is a conversation we've had um, throughout the process that mm-hmm. what it feels like to be inside the work is just epic. Um And that reads in different ways. Too. Could I just add to that then, sort of from, I feel
2: like I'm not a dance person. I feel like I'm sort of, Emily I would have said, I'm the only kangaroo among the beauty here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I'm going to sort of give a kangarooish remark. And, and, and that is that what's, what Staskinson just said, or which Mary something I said, that, that the sense
1: of their physical involvement, which need not involve the emotion, but we
2: respond as if their tires were emotional, to me it felt like a sort of an implicit, almost a pun that goes on in the title of the piece. It, it's called cleave, but I felt it felt they continually moved towards clench. And that it was this sense of this sort of division, in very biblical terms, sort of, sort of the human female body as it labors on the earth, the upright male as it accompanies that labor. And this is really expulsion from the garden here. Uh, that movement from their separation continually back into the clench. And clench is different from the embrace. It's that physical thing. It, it's with the pain and with the bodily necessity and it begins, if we have two separate bodies, it ends with that extraordinary image of Sebastian hanging there in space and being supported by Catherine. And the sort of two and oneness that it seems to me find that is that clench. And then the only other thing I think about that is also, for me, the power of, the, of this dance was the way it continually moved from everyday, we would call those domestic sort of gestures, everyday bodily gestures that we all know and do, to something that seemed to sort of aestheticize, to turn them into a choreographed moment. And in that way, it was as if this sort of vernacular fallen world that we live in, the world of expulsion, is always reaching for some version of form to sort of redeem it, to shape it, to give it sort of meaning. And I thought this piece just conveyed beautifully that sort of internal sort of dialectic intention between the Cleveland and the clutch.
0: It's right. funny you talked about the move from um, these domestic kind of gestures into a form. And I would just say that, yes, I think we were really inspired by all of these things that are non-technical per se, um, but that doesn't mean that it was casual in any sense or um, without intention. I think Brian came to one of our rehearsals early on, and I did something where I, like, moved my hands on the floor, and he was just like, that was so wrong, because <laughs> everything has to be it's precise. Mm-hmm. And, I, and um, the choice of this studio space, I think we were, I'm taking clean of two, two senses, you know, both to split and to join. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's my one step. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, building in this space, you know, it, you know, it became, it wasn't rehearsal studio that was available, but it became for us a great whole kind of architecture to work piece, And now we can't do our because We can't take <laughs> So, But I, it's very much built, um, it came to be built into a kind of both real space and metaphoric space. So it functions on those kinds of levels. Could we
2: ask them maybe yeah. for real and metaphoric issues yeah. that you would like to bring up, questions?
0: that it's a site specific piece mm-hmm. but i found it quite stunning that it was very claustrophobic and that there wasn't really like the dance you have kind of a greediness of space and the body was space but it was as though there wasn't too much air and there was a lot of uh, of course as you say play on the floor and just around the architecture but there wasn't a whole lot of and that's in like free movement within space, but the only time the body seemed to, uh, I don't know, maybe assault that cluster shoulder, the carelessness uh, <coughs> of the body uh, made these audible breathing noises. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, it, was that? I mean the way we tracked it, we didn't count anything. So a lot of the, and, the, and there is just a tremendous amount of hauling, you know, that involves, you know, this you know, breathing and grunting and stuff. And then there was a, the music didn't get added until very late. Um, the search of story made sense. Um, but. I think you know, also yeah. that that's just the way that I work with breath, like as a performer. Um yeah. I mm-hmm. think that is one of the reasons why I came out default yeah. And there was a conscious decision to allow it as opposed to saying, okay, now you can all that and get for so time to apply it. I mean, I think that there's a, as a performance piece, there's some value in that.
3: I also yes. think I mean now that you're bringing the breath in uh, because they've asked about that now that I think the breath and the pace is the dialogue. And that it's. <sighs> and we never, you know, the animals never like, I can't hear the breathing. We never, <laughs> we never uh, plan to breathe hard or. But, the, but it's not set in any sense. Or so, it's, it's not set, but that the right. pushing and pulling is like. <sighs> so it becomes this kind of conversation yeah. with the breathing. Consciousness, and a lot of
4: some of these conscious decisions in this. But um, I was particularly struck by um, the, the shadow play. Um, when we were down here, the shadows were clear back here. I loved how eventually they moved so that when they were back against that wall, it was almost as if you were seeing a double image of each dancer because the shadows were so close. Um, it reminded me you know, sometimes of things not quite being in sync. but kind of looking at the 3D picture and, and seeing the two things right next to each other. And so I think it was really impressive. And then, and then kind of again coming apart and then coming together up there. But like it was no shadow in the castings. That my first It was a really wonderful. That was mm-hmm. I'll credit. My lighting design. Yeah. <laughs>
0: thought the dance needed um, that it here it is. It's like soothing the child or soothing, you know, just, I it persists but it doesn't confront and I thought that that was a but I, I didn't want something that would meet the dance and, and underscore the agitation. You know, I tried a lot of those things. I tried a lot of different kinds of clashing Clash of the and other stuff. And it didn't, it didn't throw the dance into high relief. So, but I was definitely not motivated in terms of the shape of the score of, you know, like, I'm a visualization of the musical score, and, you know, and in fact, in this particular piece, I mean, there are kind of flags in it that we know about, but it's also quite okay with me if it doesn't unfold in exactly that way that the school does. And we don't need those, because the, what is more important is to uh, complete the, the things that get propelled by weight. So Questions
1: from this side? <laughs>
0: Yes. Not a question, but just a comment. Um, just, just Sebastian, just as you were saying that the physical exertion can be read as emotional exertion, it's, it's pretty easy to look at the barriers in the room as psychological barriers or burdens. But given that, I find it interesting that as you, as you two dance, you, the, the characters in the dance clearly know exactly where all these barriers are, which is not usually the way we, our own psychological barriers are necessarily <laughs> set up. Um, and I just found that curious. That uh, you know, obviously, on a pragmatic level, it helps you from knocking, getting knocked out by a by a pole, knowing it's there. But the way the way these barriers were consciously used, you know, as vehicles
3: rather than rather than just oh my God, it's a barrier. You know, I found it really interesting.
1: would happen if you,
0: uh, how would you use this for undergraduates? Is, is there something here in my art for undergraduates? Um, would this be a, a possibility to come see this performance and explicate it in the same way that you would assign a poem or an essay or a visit to see a painting? Uh, and would you, you know, how would you go about Entering into a conversation with the students. And I guess I'm positing, positing the question because we say we are in a visual world and in a kinetic world, and so being able to, you know, is this legible and in what way? Is it visible and can we read it? Can we, the uh, larger read this. Uh, and what kinds of illusions or metaphors or, you know, in what ways do we connect and make sense out of this in the same way that we? literature.
4: Because um, I think it is a, a different kind of skill. I think you've got it. There's certainly a language of domesticity in this, and, and you know, those of us who are older can see that very really clearly. But there's also a strong language of ethnicity, and that, I think, is something that uh, undergraduates are going to respond to uh, more, of course, than the domesticity. So I think you... You are seeing to it what you're bringing to it, and so I think I, I, I think you would think it's something that, that undergraduates could respond to. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, I guess I was just trying to make it, you know, not very subtly, a case for um,
0: thinking of movement performance art as a resource for assignments, small mm-hmm. assignments for students, for you know, a possibility in the same way that we have you know, like, a holdings in the library for them to read or films or cinema or something that, that these things are available um, and there is some idea about it. I guess I think, you know, I wanted us to, I think that the first thing somebody might do is say, oh, this is a narrative about, you know, that's what I would assume an undergraduate would say. This is a story about, and then kind of follow a narrative trained, I think it's also possible to fracture
1: Yes. Uh, we worked on this last
3: finding the right amount so that it was not too careful. So there was an element of uh, strength and sharing strength, and, but also not too uh, aggressive. So I think in between that process, we were finding that balance. And
0: I mean, the, the, the reconstruction was a, a kind of ramping up to the level of risk of the original you know, in June, they're sort of ready to do it, and then coming back and not jumping right back in, I'm mapping it out, and then gradually going back to that place where it could be much, much edgier and, and have some kind of physical challenge within which it would still be safe to perform. Because it's hard. I feel like there, this second time around, there are definitely some places that I'm pushing harder. And all, but also, I know some places that um, I can back off. So I think there's more nuance. But I do agree that there's more risks. And I think
1: it pushes it further than we did in June. We
3: have time for one more
2: question, comment? and
3: Then we all get to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so we thought about this in the easiest way, as a narrative for undergraduates. graduates, um, would there you are say? undergraduates in the audience <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, we're yeah. seeing some from our class. <laughs> so what we say was one particular moment, with one second in the life of a couple that was extended into 10 minutes of the piece. Or you'd say that it's a lifespan of two people that have lived together that was condensed into 10 minutes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, And what, what would be more interesting that's a time, a feature of time you know duration some idea about duration and I should say that this is being turned into a film um, a video dance by David Alvarado a graduate student who moved in the film program and uh, at first I was like oh it's under, and then I said oh no, no 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 this has got to be really different because he's taking it out of time and the opportunity is to really think about reorganizing it so we did two very long shoes this weekend to get it done, to get all so we could turn it into a beautiful be but it sort of addresses that same issue. Absolutely, and I think you know it, it's abs- I, I am not at all interested in expressing. Right? I'm very interested in constructing, and I have a, a bricklayer's attitude <laughs> in rehearsal. Put this next to this. Stretch this. Now that, and it's and it. Um, my feeling is that we, you know everything you do. The body's expressive all the time, in every circumstance, all the time. So we know that that is is going to be freighted in some way or another. So get beyond that and just start putting things next to each other and see what happens and see what's released by constructing, you know, a certain way. You know, and then if you don't like it, you can change it if you want to. One more question. Oh, okay. Next time, wait to seven seconds and then you start. And then we'll see what the interrelationship will be. And that was surprising. I mean, that was news. So. I, I, was, sure no, no,
3: I was surprised. I know we have to up, but I was surprised that I had preconceived notions about movement in the sense that once we had the score, I thought, oh, I know what movements will need more strength. And which ones I can relax in, and then I realized the movements that actually I do more, like when I lift Catherine, require less strength than the more subtle movements. So that was so well, now I I can but that was surprising for me.
0: Pacing was an issue. Yeah, yeah. That I think we should all have lunch. Sebastian, Extraordinary sort of poetry of
1: bricklay that we <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> For more, please visit us at Stanford.edu.